here's part two of our interview with uh, Master Gunnery Sergeant Andy Worley. I guess what I've always admired about you, Andy, is um, all the things that you've endured over those years, uh, especially in Vietnam and such, is you're, you're one of the few people that are actually, um, you're not shy about talking about uh, your time over there. And I know a lot of people, you know, to this day, they, they can't even say a peep about it. And what, what do you think the reason is for that? Well, I really didn't talk about it until I got uh, became a uh, junior ROTC instructor at O&J Roberts. The oh. 10 years that I taught in Philly, I never really said much about it. Okay. Uh, but when I got to O&J Roberts, they asked me, one of the teachers, history teachers, say, hey, you're the only Vietnam vet. Will you come yeah. and talk to our kids about Vietnam? And I got to tell you, I was as scared of that as I was going down one of them holes. Oh, really? I, 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 yeah, I just, my stomach turned and I was just, I was starting to get anxiety attacks and I was like, man, you know, I, I just didn't say much. And then eventually with the classes, more and more teachers asked me to come in and, and I had a PowerPoint and I brought some of my equipment in. I had the actual helmet that I used over there and I took that mm -hmm. in and, uh, and and of course I would go back to the VA and and my therapist there told me that was the best thing I could have done was talk about it yeah because when I yeah, first came home I went to the VA and I wouldn't even admit that I was in Vietnam really and the doctor said to me he's I got your records right here I said no that wasn't me and oh, wow, yeah. that you were in denial. Uh, uh, exactly. I was just trying to forget that part of it. And for years, I never spoke about it. And that doctor then told me, he said, you got to talk about it. But I had friends that came home with me that I was losing because yeah. of post-traumatic stress. So I yeah. was always Not afraid if I did, you know, it would open up a Pandora's box. Not to but mention, it you probably out to be the opposite. that you lost over there. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, when I was growing up and about Memorial Day, I came from a, a, a little community in Philadelphia called Bridesburg, and it was very, very patriotic. Mm. And uh, we had one of the biggest Memorial Day parades. And I, and I remember always watching the, the speaker up there and all. Then one day I was asked to be the speaker uh, hmm. when I was getting ready to leave Philadelphia and go over to O&J. Um, yeah. I was asked to be the guest speaker. So I was, so I wrote a speech. And, and what it was about was Memorial Day to me as a kid. It was a day off of school. It was, you know, uh, mm -hmm. following the firing squad around and getting the, the brass, you know, the parade and all that. And, but then as I got older, I started thinking, well, what is this really about? You know, of course, we always went down to BFW with my dad and, um, and uh, got three hot dogs and soda and all that was all cool. And, right. but, but then I wanted to know more about it. And the veterans wouldn't talk to me. Hmm. You know, they would just say someday, maybe, hopefully you'll never find out. And then I would talk to uh, a couple of my teachers in junior high that were Vietnam vets or uh, Korean War vets. And, um, and they just give you a textbook thing. 
But it was funny, once I joined the service, that I started kind of understanding more and more about what it meant to those guys. And then when I went to Vietnam and I came back, it was amazing the transformation of relationships with those veterans. They were now willing to talk to me. Right. Because we've gone pretty much the same thing. You know, it's just... Hmm. Isn't that interesting? So, yeah, and Memorial Day became something even more so, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say you're you're probably... Well, you're obviously a very patriotic person, and, uh, and probably what you're seeing around today, it probably, it probably eats at you a little bit, I'm sure. It, it does get to me, you know, it's... Uh, Sometimes I have to wipe my tongue, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I support some of it, but some of it I just feel is, is just crazy. And, uh, you know, somebody said to me, well, you know, that's what uh, our service people fought and died for. I said, not for that mess. No, not for that mess. We, we fought and died for of, a lot of other things, but not that. That was kind of- that was kind of like we had that same discussion last week with my uncle and uh he said you know it is their right they can do that that doesn't make it right you know exactly so exactly that's exactly how he felt about it too but um you touched on how you uh taught it um in philadelphia the inner city philadelphia and how you also then moved on to um uh owen j roberts now, I was reading from some of your headlines here. You had a, a special title you went by there, didn't you? Master Guns, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It's a pretty cool nickname you had there. <laughs> How did well, that come about? Uh, it's, Just because that's of your short title? From my, because of my rank. Uh, my yeah, rank is right, Master yeah. Gunnery Sergeant, so they would call me Master Guns. And, of course, the kids in Philly start calling me NG. You know, and, and some people thought that was disrespectful, but I didn't see it that way. You right, know, yeah. I, I I got so close to those kids, you know, and I still see them quite a bit. I'm on Facebook with a lot. And the difference, you know, when I was leaving, first of all, the principal hid for two weeks because he didn't want to hear I was leaving. And, <laughs> but those kids threw a dinner together up in the lunchroom on the sixth floor for me. And, and, and I was just totally blown away. There were wow. almost 200 people up there, you oh know, and gosh. the kids did that, you know, so that, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, um, that has to mean yeah. a lot to know that, that you touched those kids that way, that they did something like that for you. Yeah, they did a, uh, on the new, uh, the Daily News over there in Philly did a, a story, and it, and it irritated me some because the story was supposed to be about the unit, and and when they came to do the interview, I told them, I said, look, I, you know what I'm going to tell you. I love this unit. I love these kids. But what you got to do is talk to the kids and find out what this program does for them. Mm-hmm. And they did that, and then they spoke to the other staff members and stuff. And when I read the article, I felt that it was too much about me. It was supposed to be more about them. But the mm-hmm. transformation that some of those kids made was just unbelievable. I see them yeah. on Facebook with their with their families. So there's family units where before half of them had no idea who their father was, mm-hmm. or they find out four or five of them's got the same father with different mothers and all you know inner city stuff. But yeah. 
you see the transformation, which was great. Well, of course, I'll tell you one thing. Day, it was different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's a little bit of a different school. That's sort of the Cedar Crest of Lebanon County, Troy. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, but when you talk about transformation, uh, I, I want to mention like a, a specific individual in regards to transformation. That's Andre. You know, we I got to know him pretty well um, as well as one of your students. And, uh, you know, when I, when I first met him, uh, Troy, this Andre character, he, he was so in and out of jail so much that they actually had his own cell, kind of like a cell that was, that he, that, that was in, that was waiting for him for when he would just come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and. And, uh, but you know what? I mean, you talked and when I first met him, you know, he was a rough character and, uh, and I'll never forget this. Um, you know, I, I worked at an alternative ed school in Lebanon, uh, PA. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a bunch of my kids over to Andy's school to kind of give them a taste of what real any inner city school is like. And so I took the kids over there. And uh, and I'll, I'll never forget. In fact, I think Andre wasn't in school at that moment in time. I think he had just graduated. But uh, but we took the kids through. We showed them around and all that stuff. And uh, and I'm like, you know what, guys? Let's let's go to the cheesesteak shop about a block away from the school. We'll have some lunch before we head back to the uh, for Lebanon. And uh, and but, so we went to the cheesesteak shop. And I'll never forget. We're sitting in a booth, and uh, Andre comes in. <laughs> He, somebody has a bag which looked like a bag of money sitting on the edge of the table and Andre comes in and drops off another bag and picks up the bag of money and then leaves the building and I'm like did I just witness what I thought I just witnessed and of all people it was one of your students <laughs> but, uh, but my point is Andre was a really rough character he got himself in a lot of trouble he did a lot of stupid things there's no doubt about it but why don't you kind of share where he is today? Well, it's uh, he is a owner operator over the road, owner operator, and he's looking at buying two more trucks. He's uh, married. He has four children. They come out here quite a bit. Um, yep. And uh, but but I think to get a picture of what Andre was really like is when he was fourteen. And I got him into the junior ROTC program with me. And Andre was each week trying to give me 700 to to $1,000. Now, here's a 14-year-old kid. So you know where that's coming from. And I wouldn't take the money. Yeah. I said, no. And I said, you want to give it to the unit, take it downstairs to Miss Eileen, give it to her. And no, no, my boys want you to have it. But I stayed on his, on his back. And about a year later, he came in and he was all beat up. And I said, Andre, what the heck happened? He said, Master Guns, he said, you've been on my ass for a year. And he says, so I quit the gang and stopped selling the drugs. And and that just, I, I was just so taken by that. That yeah. later on, I would always hawk my kids. I'd be on the computer looking to see what their grades are and see if they're cutting classes and, and stuff like that. And if they were doing any of that, I brought them in. And I would go off on them like the father figure because I was the only father figure they had, most of them had. Mm-hmm, right. And uh, so one day I, I called his mother up and I said, Mrs. Brown, I said, 
I'd like to take Andre home for a weekend just to see what he's like away from this environment. And, of course, she said, would you please? So <laughs> I brought him out, and that's when that's when Howard, Howard got to meet him. And uh, I told him, I said, did you enjoy yourself? He said, yeah. I said, okay, here's the deal. You know I hawk you. If you don't cut any classes, and I see your grades go up just a little bit, I'll take you home that month, you know, for a weekend that month. And uh, I already cleared it with your mom. He said, all right, graduation day. His mother came up, hugged me, and she was crying. She goes, I didn't expect him to be alive, let alone graduate. Oh, wow. And that inspired her to go back to college, and I went to her graduation. Oh, my God. That is awesome. Yeah, it was just. And I've actually got to meet his mom. uh, She was out here before. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I mean, those are the type of kids. Yeah. 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 And, and honestly, uh, you know, I, I kind of treat him as family too because he's, he's one of those, he's one of those guys that honestly, he would give you the shirt off his back. And, and I think, and well, not I think, I know he is very grateful towards what you've done for him. And, uh, and he's just one of many stories, uh, from that school that you've touched. Uh, I don't know if uh, maybe you want to touch on this a little bit, Andy, but uh, I remember you had asked me the one time to, you know, if hey, why don't we go out and uh, they were tearing down or they were closing down Willow Grove uh, military base. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you would ask if I would come out and kind of help you for the summer to do that. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That sounds like, you know, it sounds like an interesting time. And, um, you know, and I, trying to think where I kind of lost my train of thought on this, but we went out there to, uh, to kind of close that. Oh yeah. I know where I was going with this. Uh, we went out there to close things out and Troy, you want to talk about wasteful, wasteful spending. Um, you know, the government was uh, tearing down these hotels that were on the beat or on the base. And, uh, inside those hotels, they had like stoves, beds, refrigerators, you name it. Uh, they were just tearing, they were just throwing them in dumpsters and it didn't matter if they were brand new or, or just a year or two old. So, you know, so what we ended up doing was we got a, what was that? A, a huge box truck. Yeah. 26 foot or that if they land on. Yeah. Yeah. For the captain, the captain of the base gave us a, a 26 foot box truck to borrow, gave us a gas car to the uh, turnpike pass. And he said, here, do what you need with it. Don't tell me what you did with it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so we took the truck and we loaded it. We packed it with like refrigerators and such, and uh, and we ended up taking it in the inner city Philly. And Andy and you know we went to these families' homes, and we were giving it. You know we were giving a lot of this stuff to them so that they would have you know working appliances and such. And and this is the type of things that, you know, Andy would do on a regular basis. You know, he always thought about everybody first and, uh, you know, and that's just, that's just the way he is. That's great. Well, that's where my dad was. Mm-hmm. My dad was involved in everything in the community, the volunteer ambulance corps, the civic association. He was a scout leader. He was with the AMVETS. He wasn't even Catholic and he worked at the church with them. You know, oh, wow. and, and dad always said that it's not what you have in this world. It's what you leave behind. 
Uh-huh. And and I try and live by that, you know. And this, yeah, I, uh, I saw that quote from you in one of the news articles I was reading about you. Mm. Oh, wow. And that, huh. and that was something you picked up from your dad, you said? Yes. Yes, my dad was kind of quiet, but he always come up with sayings like that. You know, he, he always had this saying. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he also had other ones like, uh, you want to see what next week's like? Open up your yeah. mouth real quick. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what we're missing today is, is some of that parental guidance like that. Yeah. Like he used to call it attitude adjustments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, true. there's definitely a fine line there. And, you know, obviously some people have taken it overboard, and that's why it's gotten to the point where, you know, you're not allowed to be as hard on your kids as you once were. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for but sure. That's, my that's dad whole, just had a look at us. Yeah. My dad just had a look at us. He he very seldom put a hand on us. But yeah. dad was quiet and if he raised his voice then you knew that okay, you better back off quick. Yep. You know. Yep. To, yeah, I, I yeah. hear that story from from a lot of uh, you know, the older folks and stuff where they say, Hey, you know, you know, dad didn't do anything to us, but we knew that if, if his voice got raised or if he stood up out of his chair, it was about to get serious and you shut up. You know, I'm 69 years old, and I can honestly say I never spoke back to my dad. Wow. Yep. Never. Never. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a pretty common thing. It was, was out of love and respect. You know, not out of fear. I, I, I really never feared dad. You know, I just, mm-hmm. well, I did at times as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but you probably earned that. You probably earned it. You probably did something really wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. My mom was <laughs> she was a tough cookie because she couldn't. She was short and heavy, so we would always outrun her, and she would always <laughs> say, "You know what? You got to go to bed sometime." Yeah. And she goes, "You know, <laughs> and you sleep there with one eye open, you know, like, no, you do something wrong." <laughs> my uh, wife, my yeah. wife tells me still to this day that you know she would. Um, if anything would ever happen where they disrespected her mom or anything like that, like they knew that they were, you know, the moment their dad got home, they were in for it. Like they just knew. And yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, you know, and that's, that's a lot of things missing today too, is, you know, just, uh, just respect in general for, you know, for everyone in your family, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's missing from a lot of places and schools even. So, you know, oh, yeah. I, it, we were, we were poor, considered poor people. You know, we we didn't have a lot, but we had each other. And even today, my brothers are my best friends. You know, and that yeah. I contribute all that to my my mom and dad. And my dad, just before he died, he was in a home out here. Uh, he was at Cedar Crest. Uh, what was it? Cedar Haven. Cedar Haven. Cedar Haven. And the the day that he died, he had a picture of us six boys just before I left for Vietnam. And he had it up on the wall, and he just pointed up there and said, "My boys, you know." And to his dying oh. day, that he was proud uh, of them, and we were proud of him. So that is yeah, awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Wow. And you know what? Well, you if mentioned I that your dad. Was, I'll be happy. What's that? I said, if I turn out to be half the man he was, I'll, I'll be happy. Well, trust me, I believe you have, Andy. You've done a lot. Uh, not only that, but, you know, you being my neighbor, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you even as a neighbor. I don't even consider you a neighbor. I really do consider you family. 
And I think that just kind of goes a long way because just look at what you do for not only your own family, but but for the family you had in the schools that you worked at and, and just anybody that is around you. I've never heard anybody come away with a with any negative tone towards, you know, who you are. That's because I threaten them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and that's why I'm telling. That's why I'm saying all those good things because you did make that question. But, be, but besides that, <laughs> yeah, but besides, <laughs> but besides all those threats, I mean, you, you know, you do a lot for your community. And speaking of your community, you sort of moved away, and you, and you now, I mean, there was a time where you were commuting every single day to Philadelphia to work in a school right from here in Lebanon County, which is, you know, a good hour and a half, two hours away, um, depending on traffic. It was traffic. 112 miles. It was yeah. 112 miles from my, my parking spot here to my parking spot there in Center City. Wow. And, and what got you years. to that point? Like, what, 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 like, why Lebanon County? Like, when you looked on the map, did you look and say, you know what, I think Lebanon County will work? And it was well, before it was my brother, <laughs> my brother <laughs> lived in Lebanon, and he still does. And he was stationed yeah. at the Gap. And when uh-huh. we would come in to visit, I, I just really liked the area. And and I said to I said to Terry, I said, you know, I'll work in the city, but I don't want to live there. I said, you know, I just don't want to live there. And when we were looking at homes out here, I was still active duty. And uh, this lady kept showing me all these developments. I said, look, my kids are older. I really don't want developments. I want to be out there a little bit. And that's yeah. when I found this property, and, and I said, that's it. And I, I've been happier in a pig in mud out here, so to speak. <laughs> I guess that's terminology you farm boys use, right? <laughs> that's right. Hey, don't forget, we've had the occasional pig wander its way in our yard. Yes, we did. <laughs> and I chased that thing for a mile and a half, and it still got away. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, so you, you kind of, you have a pretty decorated career yourself. And uh, not only have you done a lot for, like, the inner city Philadelphia schools, but also O&J Roberts and its school. Uh, in fact, in 2014, you earned the uh, Chester County Intermediate Unit Citadel Heart of Learning Award. What is that? Well, you know, the funny thing is when I won it, I had no idea what it was. <laughs> and, and the school district, Owen J. Roberts, was just like beside themselves when I got nominated. And then uh-huh. when I got to, uh, to the dinner, they have a final where there's uh, – there's only so many people out of over a thousand that the Citadel looks at. All the teachers in the Chester County is what they look at. And um, when we sat down at the table and then they announced that I was the number one uh, high school teacher in Chester County, I was like, wow. Okay, wow. And my <laughs> superintendent and my principal were sitting next to me. And when I got up to give Terry a hug, the superintendent almost knocked her over to come over and give me a hug. <laughs> and I still didn't know what the big thing was. So I went up to get the award, and I got the award, and I saw, and they said, no, we want you to come up here and say something. Oh, geez. I was like, 
So I was like, I got up here. I said, listen, let me tell you something. I have no idea what this award's about. I just go to work. <laughs> I do my thing. And I said, and there's a lot of people I'm sure I have to thank for, and I'll see them tomorrow in the classroom. And I walked uh, off, and that awesome. was it. And then when I got back to the school, uh, they announced it throughout the school and everything. And and I went to the principal and I said, Dr. Martini, I says, this is not my award. I said, we got so many great teachers here. This is their award. And I turned it over to the school. Oh, wow. And and they gave me a $2,500. They gave me, was it $2,000 and $500? Uh, another 500 to pay the taxes on it. Oh, and, and and they said, you know, this is for you to help your kids. Well, I used that money to send the kids to summer camp. And the parents association said, no, you're supposed to keep that. And I said, no, that's for the kids. So I yeah. spent it all on the kids. And uh, then later on, I find out that a lot of those teachers, when they get them, they keep that money. That's not right. Really? That, that goes no. to the kids. Yeah. So we sent the kids to summer camp and stuff, and some of the te- uh, some of the parents were upset that I didn't keep any for myself. I said, well, "Wow!" You and know, you also you've money. also raised money for those kids to even like you took a trip to Ireland with them. Yes, yes, we took uh, thirty one to Ireland, and uh, we worked with the Irish Coast Guard for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And we, in fact, uh, some of the Irish people are still on Facebook with me every day, and they want us to come back. And That's then awesome. two years ago, we took a World War II tour through Europe, five countries, nine cities, in 12 days. And then wow. next year, we're doing a Mediterranean tour. Even though I'm retired, I'm still putting stuff together for the, the cadets at the school. Yeah. And we're going to hit uh, Italy. We're going to do an overnight cruise uh, down to uh, Greece. Uh, we're going to hit several of the islands of Greece. And we're going to hit Turkey. And then we're going to come back here. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's, and, uh, uh, and, that's something. And I was just going to say, and then as a Marine, you, you've been to what, 41 countries, I think I read somewhere? Pretty, yeah, pretty, uh, yeah, 41 countries. Wow. Yeah. There was oh, a few yeah, of them, uh, but, uh, the countryside was pretty. I just didn't get along with the people too well. <laughs> <laughs> Go imagine, right? Well, you know what? Speaking of pretty countries, what, I mean, do you ever have a desire to to visit Vietnam ever? I do. Uh, I I really do. Um, I I had a cadet uh, who graduated last year, and he was from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And um, when he would go home, he would bring stuff back for me. And, yeah. Uh, and I mean, he was kind of a problem child too. But I knew his sister. She was in the Air Force Junior ROTC in Philly. So I got with her, and then her parents come in. And the funny thing is that I forgot how to speak a lot of the Vietnamese that I used to. But mm-hmm. I can understand some of it. So when we were sitting in that meeting and she had to interpret, I was already answering some of the questions because I understood. Yeah. I couldn't, <laughs> you know. It's, but, uh, yeah, I would, love to, I would love to go back to Vietnam and see what it's like now, you know. It's... Mm-hmm. I, I know South Beach was nothing but a bunch of potholes and from uh, being, they got hit every night. And we would go oh, over there. And people would say, you're crazy going over this. No, nah, no, the club's inside the mountain. That's the safest place to be. So we go inside <laughs> the mountain. We had the club in there. And, 
So you could feel the mountain shaking all from getting hit. Oh wow! <laughs> at least if you would, at least if you would go again, you wouldn't you wouldn't be going through any tunnels again either. No, no, no I wouldn't. <laughs> no, you can't get me down there now. It's, it's be, I'm too fat now. <laughs> I'll be more of a plug. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so, so I guess the biggest question, Andy, is: Is there going to be a day or a time when you're going to eventually accept the credit that that you are deserving of? I don't know. I, I you okay. know, it's I, I just all everything that I've always done, I always felt was a team effort. Uh-huh. It was never. I never really thought about it as being one person. Yeah, you well, know? you know what though, throw throw out the team part of it, and uh, and what have you done as a sole individual? Like, can you can you actually reflect and say, you know what, I did do good for this community. I have done good for my friends. I have done good for my family. Is that something that you feel? Are you are you just too humble to accept it, uh, or is it? I mean, is it just something that you can't come to terms with, uh, even though I, people I, tell you? I I know I did it, but I also know why I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to me, that's more important than anything else. Okay. You know, it's uh, I I enjoyed the majority of it. There were some things I didn't enjoy, but there was, you know, the majority of it I I enjoyed. And it it was a way of life for me because that's the way it was growing up with with, with a father like I had, you know. Mm -hmm. I was involved in the volunteer ambulance corps, you know, and always doing stuff in the community. And it just, I just thought that's the way it should be that you should give back. Right. If everybody did that, can you imagine the world we'd live in? Yeah, right. Yeah, we wouldn't have issues. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, we find them. We find yeah, them. you're right. <laughs> this is very true. Well, I mean, Andy, it's been a lot of fun talking with you, bud. And, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure hearing your stories. And 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 uh, I've always, you know, I, I always consider myself pretty patriotic. And I, and I really consider myself lucky knowing someone like you. In fact, knowing someone like you and your entire family uh, i feel like i've become a better person as a result too so um well, thank you know, you. yeah no problem no problem right well you know you gotta when i was active duty we knew that every couple of years we were going to move so if you didn't like the neighbor don't worry about it one of the two of you are moving within two to three years since we've been here, Terry and I don't want to go anywhere. You you and Laura have made it awesome for us. Yeah, well, good. I'm glad to hear that. And, yeah, I was going to say, you and I, we've been stuck together for about 17 years now. Yes, we have. Yep. So, we, yeah. So even our dogs were related. What's that? Yeah, our dogs, even yeah. Our, <laughs> even our dogs are related. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, Troy, but um, we both have silver labs. And okay. uh, and they're and they're brother and sister from the same litter. Did you guys plan that? Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. I mean, <laughs> what happened was I saw a sign down the road, and I and then I said, you know what, Andy, I'm going because his his dog had just passed away. My dog passed away a little bit before that, and I was like, hey, Andy, I'm going to uh, see what these dogs are like. Uh, I don't know, you might want you want to tag along and check out these pups. 
And uh, and he's like, yeah, sure. So he tagged along, and guess what? We both came home with a, a silver laptop. <laughs> There's one thing I've learned. When you go puppy shopping, or when you go puppy looking, it's not just looking. <laughs> no, it's not. Huh? Uh, yeah, that is so true. How do you say no? For us, it was really good timing, and like Terry said, she didn't fight it uh, because I – I had just lost my oldest brother. The yeah. day of my my retirement, I was five minutes out from the from the retirement party when I got the phone call that he had passed away. Oh, so that yeah. was a that was a tough time because I was a very very close with my brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a good guy. And Terry said, you know, having that puppy, she says, I think was the best thing that we did. Mm-hmm. So it's. Uh, so I actually got two for the price of one, and so did Harold. <laughs> yep, that's so true. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, basically, yeah. Whenever, whenever his do- his dog comes out, the first thing he does is look over and see if we're out. And same thing with my dog. When my dog goes out, yeah. the first thing she does is looks out over there and makes sure that you know her brother's not out. So it's kind of a that's kind awesome. of a cool relationship they have. So, but, uh, well, yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very, uh, I'm very, I'm just going to say, I was very grateful for this conversation with you. I learned a lot that I did not know, and I'm sure our listeners, listeners will learn a lot that they they didn't know. And I'm also, um, grateful for you to you for your service that you've put in for all the lives that you've helped change. Um, as, as we mentioned that, that boy, Andre, now a man, I'm sure. But um, yeah. oh yeah, you did say you said he has four kids and uh, <laughs> hey, he owns yeah, a trailer, trailer company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but at the time you knew him. Obviously, he was just a boy. And what what a, you know what a great inspiration you've been for all these people. Um, the kids in particular that really just hits me. I'm very I'm very uh, grateful for that because some of these kids, as his mother would said, she didn't even expect him to live, nonetheless graduate high school. So. Mm-hmm. That's a really big thing for me, and I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm grateful they for your did service. ask me. They did ask me why I traveled so far to come and teach them. And I used to tell them, because huh. if I can keep you out of jail, my taxes are cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because he'll, he'll, share, he'll say those jokes right to their faces, Troy, and I've seen it. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, I've seen him do it to Andre a lot. And uh, I'll, I'll share a real quick story. Um, one day, Andy and I thought, you know what? Hey, why don't we go for a motorcycle ride up in the mountains? <laughs> 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 so, so we decided to take uh, Andre with us. And uh, Andre rode on the back of Andy's uh, motorcycle, and I took mine. And we're riding up in the uh, in the Schuylkill County mountains up near Pine Grove area in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know Andre's inner city, well, you know, inner city, born and raised Philadelphia, you know, so he's hardcore and all that. And uh, mm-hmm. he's he's up there in the mountains riding around with us. Well, we pull over <laughs> along the side, and. Uh, <laughs> He gets off, and then we decide to take off without him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You should have seen the look on his face. It was so so priceless. <laughs> but what's that? That was the same day we took him to breakfast too. Oh, that's right. We did take him to breakfast that day. Yes, we did. 
He walked but, uh, in there, and funny. he was good and late because everybody had their hunting jackets and all on, and he was like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't feel like he was welcome too much there. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, yeah, um, good guy, though, man. Andre, I, I, tr- I, I, I truly, even though he did everything that he's done, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, I, I credit Andy for turning him into a uh, – a respectable man, and uh, and like like I always hear him, man. He he sees Andre as his son, and Andre sees uh, Andy as his dad. You know, and that's, he that's does. He always to be special. He always calls me. He says, "Dad, I'm checking on you. How you doing?" You know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Because we are family, so that's the pay right there. That's the pay. Yeah. Yeah. Troy, when do I get a chance to meet you face to face? Well, let's, uh, we could set something up, you know, uh, for sure. I'll stop out with Hallie sometime and hopefully be in touch with you then. That would yeah, be well, if, if I got data, yeah, we'll have to have uh, Troy and his family come out for uh, a movie and a bonfire at there we go. Go. outdoor. And then, uh, and then uh, I'll introduce you to them. Yeah, that would be great. I'd look forward to that. Yeah, most definitely. But yeah, so uh yeah, once again, Andy, thank you very much for your time and uh and I appreciate you, you know, sharing all your stories and and uh and you know, I always appreciate everything you do for me as well as everything you do for everybody else and uh you know, you probably well, not probably. I know you don't accept um compliments too well, but you know, you do deserve a lot more than you accept and uh and, you know, hopefully one day you can sit back and say, wow, you know what? I really did make a difference on a lot of people's lives because you really did. Regardless of if you did it as a team or not, you're the one that created a lot of these teams. And you're the one that put a lot of these teams together to make this all happen, including Philadelphia School District, including O&J Roberts, and including everything that you do for your family and friends. Uh, you're the one that organizes all that um, bonding to even happen in the first place. So, um, you know, you always uh, deserve that credit and you always get that credit from me anyway. Well, thank you. But take it. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. So take it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. So anyways, Andy, like I said, man, uh, it's great talking to you and Troy, do you have any closing thoughts? I don't, uh, I, you know, what I said, I'm just, you know, I'm grateful for everything he's done for those kids and I'm grateful for his service, not only to our country, but to his community as well. Can't yep. wait to meet him. He sounds like a great, uh, great guy. Yep. He sure is. Gentlemen, so, thank yeah. you for having me. I really enjoyed myself on that. We didn't even touch my Marine Corps stuff. <laughs> I know. Well, that maybe, you know what, that's, that could be another interview. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Cause you have some, he has some drug, uh, drug related, uh, no you didn't do the drugs <laughs> that i'm aware of <laughs> well definitely no, let's, yeah, let's, so. hit on, let's hit on that another time down the road yeah without okay. a doubt well you know All what right, i did phone number. <laughs> that's for sure well hey thanks again andy and uh great talking to you bud thank you it was great talking to you guys you guys have a great night take care and god bless you yep you too thank take you care. take care all right, and we're back. And uh, well, after listening to that interview and uh, for us talking and uh, having that conversation with Andy, uh, what do you think? What's your take? I, as I 
said here, you know, at the end of our interview with him, like that's just the relationship he had with them students and students was obvious. Mm-hmm. And it, that, that just really hit me because I, I, I can tell not only did that mean a lot to him, I know how much that would have meant to the, to the students that he saved. And, you know, just, you know, with, with, with Andre there at the end, you know, she said, yeah. you know, she didn't even expect, expect him to live nonetheless graduate high school. Like that's amazing. I know. Isn't that you know, something? It's really sad to think of that as a parent, you know? It is. And it really is. That, that and, just really uh, hit me. And I'm, you know, as much as I'm thankful for everything he did in the military, I think I'm even more thankful for what he did to save some of them kids that would have absolutely ended up nowhere or dead, you know? Yeah. And you know what? He is actually, as a teacher and as a mentor, I mean, he's gotten these kids to not only respect the military, but, but, uh, but also, you know, a lot of them signed up for the military probably because of him. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and he's, and he's actually gotten some of his students into some pretty high um, schools, such as West Point and, mm. uh, and, uh, and uh, the Naval Academy. I mean, you know, he's gotten them into some pretty high prestige schools. Um, and, uh, I mean, if you ask him, he'll say the students did their work and that's why they got there. But trust me, mm-hmm. uh, he played his role, too. Uh, when, I was going to say, you know, they happen. wouldn't have been do- – they wouldn't have been doing the work if he wouldn't have got them on the straight and narrow. Oh my gosh. No, no. And, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, he really, I mean, and, and like I said in the interview, you know, I, I got to, uh, I got to take a bunch of my students that when I worked in the school district, um, I got to take a bunch of my students over there and visit his classroom and visit the school. And, uh, you know, and I'll tell you what I took from it when I went to that school the kids, at least in the Philadelphia school district, um, they they look at school a little different than what we look at school uh, here in this area. We look at school as, ah, oh, man, we got to get up and go to school, and you know, now we got to deal with this again. Uh, the, the kids in Philadelphia school district, they look at school as this is six, seven hours of guaranteed safety. Wow. You know. Yeah, I mean, really. And uh, I'll give you a quick story on that, too, because uh, one of his students, um, in fact, shared this with uh, with my students uh, while we were there. Um, one morning, they were getting ready to uh, walk to school, him and his sister, and uh, and he was kind of sharing, you know, it's like they, they got out into the uh, porch step, and, and, and um, the brother was like, Hey, oh my gosh, I forgot to go get my backpack. I forget what it was. I think it was a backpack or something like that. So he went back into the uh, house to get his backpack and his sister's like sitting on the porch step waiting. And he comes back out after getting his backpack and he finds his sister dead from a a drive-by shooting. Get out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he, he was, he was one of the, he was one of the students in uh, Andy's class. And uh, he was sharing that with these kids. And he's like, you know, we don't, we don't take school, you know, we come here because we know we're going to be safe. And, and we have someone like, and, and he even said it there, he goes, and we have somebody like Master Guns, you know, um, that, you know, you better never disrespect them. And if you do disrespect them, you're going to answer to us. You know, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so. I, I, that's an awesome nickname. I mean, I know it's just a play off of his title, but that's <laughs> yeah. after guns, like a, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and when you think, and when you think of that nickname, you're probably thinking of some guy that's like six six four, you know, two fifty, <laughs> something like that. And yeah, you know, I, I, what, what is he? Five three? What is he? Uh, yeah, five three, five four. Yeah. Five, three, five, four. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but funny. yeah, I'll. I'll never forget too. Um, I forget somebody we we were together, and somebody was like, I forget what they were asking him, or no, they were saying, yeah, um, you know what? I bet you I can beat you up, Master Guns. I think he said, and uh, and they were joking around, and uh, and Andy Andy's response to him is, well, you know, when you say that, you know, that tells me a lot because, you know, I'm a Marine. And uh, and I'm and I'm not trained to beat you up. I'm trained to kill you. So you do what you want. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. So uh, that but changed, yeah, that changed the uh, the uh, attitude there real quick. I'm sure. Yeah, it did. It did. So this is kind of funny, but uh, but as you heard, you know, in the interview, you know, he's he's a very laid back and around with you and uh um, yeah. you know and then take all those jokes away you, you just don't realize everything that he's been through you know yeah um and uh man and not, and not, only, what, that, and not only that just his his family background too like my goodness they, what do you oh, say that he has traces that go all the way back to the revolutionary war isn't that what he said yeah in fact he said every single american conflict yeah they've had a whirly family member serving every single family yeah you know what the the first thing that came to my head when i heard that what's that uh the the scene in forrest gump with lieutenant dan and it shows all of his it shows all of his family members dying in a major (laughs) yes that's right that's right (laughs) (laughs) that was the first thing i thought of because you know of course forrest gump was at every major event in american history yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, somehow he made it behind the uh, podium when uh, Kennedy was talking. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's my amazing. gosh, yeah. It is. What a great movie. Um, yeah, really is. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know where else you want to go with this. Um, I, I just, I'm really, you know, grateful for the opportunity to, to speak with mm-hmm. him. And I'm also very, you know, pleased that he was able to be as forthcoming as he was with some of them stories. Yeah, um, I, I know some of that stuff isn't easy to share, especially for military people. That's that it can be a really touchy subject. Yeah, and he even said in uh, I don't know if he said it in the interview or just said it to me personally. Um, you know, uh, you know, like um, he he has um, like he hasn't shared a lot of this stuff that he experienced with his wife even. And, oh wow. Uh, yeah, and I know that he had eventually he kind of let her know, and and if you ever got to meet his wife, she's she's uh, one of a kind as well, and I and I'll tell you what, she had to be um, she had to be a pretty tough uh, cookie, so to speak, um, because well, you know to deal with what she had to deal with, you know, with not only always moving, because he started out, he lived in Lubbock, Texas, he lived, he went yep. to, um, you know, he lived at, uh, oh shoot, why can't I can't think of the. Uh, headquarters in uh virginia in fact your uncles uh served there as well 
Um, or lived there. I'm not good. Um, I'm not Quantico. good with the names. Quantico. Oh, yeah, yeah, Quantico. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, so you know, so you know, he's been all over the place, and uh, and through all of that, you know, even while you know, you know, all the deployments and whatever he had to do. Uh, you know, she had to she had to stay home and and make sure that the family was uh, taken care of and and everything stayed in order. And you can kind of see that yeah. in her even today. You know, where she just kind of you can tell that you know he's a tough guy. He's been through a lot, but you know what? I I would probably uh, I wouldn't mess with her either because she's also in charge. And uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, all that great all all that military. I would just say all the yeah. military wives like that. That's just something, I mean, not only do they have to keep it together for the family at home and keep everything going kind of as normal mm-hmm. as possible, but always yep. in the back of their mind, I'm sure they're always thinking, is he going to come home? Is yeah. he going to come home? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's I think always, that's I, part of, and I think that's part of why, you know, maybe she hasn't talked to him about everything that he's been through because, you know, there's probably a lot of worry there where mm-hmm. she's just, you know, she does. Maybe she doesn't want to hear that because she doesn't want to hear how maybe close that she came to not even being with him. You know, so yeah, yeah. So well, Mrs. Worley, if you're listening, um, you know, now you've heard some things you probably didn't hear before. <laughs> yep, exactly. And you know what? I'm actually gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna be uh, over there today. In fact, okay. Um, because uh, they're having a, a little get together. Uh, for one of their uh, family members, and they invited us over, so uh, I'll definitely be spending some time with them, and and they always do that, by the way. Uh, Pretty much any family function, uh, they're like, hey, you guys are family too, come on over. That's great. Uh, So you have a great relationship with your neighbors like that? It is, it is. It's Um, truly lucky there. So let's uh, let's just lighten up the mood here, and uh, we can close yeah. the show. We can uh, we haven't been able to really touch on our trivia uh, because we've had <laughs> some long interviews. Uh, but let's let's just go through a couple a couple uh, quick trivia questions here and, and lighten it okay. up. Okay. Uh, b- before we do that, are we going to throw another anchor ad in here? Uh, you know what? That's a good idea, Troy. So why don't we? Uh, yeah, might as well get paid twice today, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, why don't we uh, come right back? After this message. All right, and we're back. And Troy, you had mentioned uh, about doing some trivia, huh? Yeah, let's throw some trivia out there. Uh, you know, we won't dive into it too big, um, but I had a okay. couple uh, lists. A couple lists I wanted to to throw at you. You know, for, for uh, each of your teams. So I'm going to start this off here. Okay. And I'm going to start it off probably with your your. I would say baseball is probably your favorite sport now. Yeah. Okay. So let's start it off with the uh, the top five home run hitters in Pirate history. Oh, my. Top five home run hitters. Uh, okay, well, Willie Stargell is definitely on that list. Um, He's number one. Yeah. There's another guy, too, but he wasn't known to be a pirate. And, oh, my gosh, why is this name escaping me? Um, in fact, he, he finished well, his career with the Mets. Am I correct? This is yeah. just the, this is just pirate home runs. This is just pirate. Oh, home just runs. okay, just pure pirate home runs. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. All right. So, um, all right, Willie Stargell. Uh, you know what? Um, 
Did Roberto Clemente make that list top five? Yes, he did. He's he's number three. Yep. Wow. See, you don't look at him as a – I don't look at him as a home run hitter, but I knew he had over right. 300 home runs. Um, let's see. How about Dave Parker? Nope. No. Okay. All right. Nope. Hold on a second here. Um, let's see. Let's see. Dave – not Dave Parker. Bill Madlock? We had uh, – no. we, have, we have two – well, I should, we have one active. We have oh, one Barry Bonds. Okay, yep. yep. He, he had yeah. 176 I, as a pirate, but yep, he's on there. Yeah, yeah I, I try to forget about him. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan of Barry. Never was, we, have, we, have a, we have a guy that's still active, not with the Pirates anymore, but we have a guy that's still active. Oh, still active, but not with the Pirates anymore. Um. In fact, he's hmm. with the cross-state rival. Cross-state rival, Philly. Oh, um, yeah, Andrew McCutcheon. There you go, yep. Um, number four. And okay. then uh, the, the guy you're missing is number two. And I don't really know. I don't really know much. I know the name, but I don't know what era he played in. But I'm assuming he's probably uh, a pretty long time ago. Okay. Uh, let me think of who it would be. I mean, let me see if I can. I'll pull up his info real quick to see if I can. I was gonna say, would it be Bill Verdon? No, it's not that. It's um, let's see. He played from uh, forty-six through fifty-five. See, this is Um, the guy I'm thinking. Dick Grote. Nope. No. Oh. Give up. Okay. I yeah. I give up. It is Ralph Kiner. Ralph Kiner is the guy who played for the Mets. I knew it right away. Yes. He actually didn't finish his career with the Pirates. He yeah, was, uh, actually, he, it says he. I don't think he ever played for the Mets. Uh, I think he oh, really? played for. Yeah, he played for the Pirates, the Cubs, and the Indians. But he went on to be a manager oh. for the Mets. And he was. A, he was also an announcer for the Mets. I'm sorry, an announcer. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah, he yeah, he did what they. The, the Mets. The Mets did something like he was famous for. Um, um, Oh shoot! What was his the show's name? Like Al Al's Corner or something like that. I forget what it was. But um, okay, I don't know. But yeah, I don't he, know that. yeah, he did like a little post a post game talk show. Um, okay. For the Mets back in the day, and he was like so he, he was like the announcer during the uh, heyday of the Mets in the eighties. Kiner's Corner. Or Kiner's Corner. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. I knew that. I knew that name. I just. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't fare so well on that one, did I? Well, yeah, you did okay. You needed a few clues, but yeah, you did well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got there. I got there eventually. All right. Uh, let's see here. Who was the first 1,000-yard American Football League rusher that played for the Bills? Well, my obvious head's going to go to OJ. But. Okay. But. Um. Oh boy. Something <laughs> would be wrong me if you stuck a, with OJ. I was. I was gonna say something tells me that that seems too obvious. I'm gonna <laughs> go with Cookie Gilchrist. You are amazing. Carlton Chester Gilchrist, known as Cookie, started yeah. out as a Canadian Football League star, then played for the Bills from '62 to '64 in the year. 
he became the first 1,000-yard uh, rusher. He had 1,096 yards and 13 touchdowns. I didn't realize yeah, he I was did. only there that short of a time because he's, yeah. he's a big legend up there, honestly. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they really, you know, he, he's held on high regard up there. Um, oh, wow. As you just brought – as you asked me that question, I brought up his history – and in the CFL, he played for the Toronto Argonauts for three years as well. So I wonder, oh, wow. if, you know, Toronto and Buffalo were only basically an hour away from each other. So I wonder if that had a little bit to play into it too as well. Uh, I'm uh, thinking some scouting was probably a little easier for them back in the day. I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I knew, I knew <laughs> wow. OJ just seemed too easy. So that's <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't know how you know all these. Well, I I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's 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 mix it up. We'll say football for last, so we'll go hockey here next. All right. I think you'll know. I think you'll know the top four here pretty easy. But I'm wondering if you'll get number five. So the top oh. five goal scorers in Penguins history. Okay. Well, Mario Lemieux. Correct. Um, Yarmir Yager. Correct. Sidney Crosby. Correct. Evgeny Malkin. You got it. And the final one, I'm going to say Ron Francis. No. Um, Kevin Stevens? Nope. I think hmm. this is I'm – look, I'm looking it up right now because, I, again, I don't know his era. But I'm thinking oh, okay. he – Okay, so he played – with the Penguins from 74 until oh, 85. Geez. Oh, my. He, so then be, he, then be, he then became their director of pro scouting. He was an assistant uh-huh. coach in 86 with them. And um, mm. he remained in the Penguins organization as a scout or assistant coach until 2002. Hmm. You know what? I'm not going to know this one. Go ahead and throw it at me. It is Rick... Kehoe. Oh, okay. I know the name. I know the name. Yeah, Rick, but, uh, yeah I, I never heard that name, and it kind of surprised me to see him on the list because, uh, yeah. again, the, wow. the names you threw out there would have been the ones that came to me. Um, yeah. Actually, it shows It actually shows he was their head coach for two seasons as well. Oh, my. Okay. 0-1-0-2 and 0-2-0-3. Okay. Well, that was in an era of not much going on for the Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might have even well, been I, around. That was yeah, probably was right around say, and everything, wasn't it? Yeah, I was just going to say that was probably around not such a good era. Um, that was probably around when uh, Mario Lemieux wasn't playing and, uh, yeah, a lot of things going on for them at that time. Yeah, that, that was hmm. a name I didn't know. And, I mean, he ended up having um, – let's see. Where did I see it? 371 goals as wow. a, as a you know it, for for all of his play uh but yeah. let's see if I can just it doesn't tell me without having to you know sit here and look through everything it doesn't tell me exactly how many he had with the penguins but yeah mm-hmm. so yeah pretty substantial goal scorer though so I didn't really know much yeah. about him so that was interesting yeah nor did I what do you got for me well let's see here um in 2000 who led the bills in sacks in sacks Yep. Well, that would have been in the year 2000. Would that be Marcellus Wiley? 
<laughs> yes, it would be. Yes, it would be. In fact, uh, the defensive end had 10 and a half in 2000. His fourth season with Buffalo, he had 13 and 01 as a San Diego Charger. In 04, yeah. he was uh, in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. Ew. Yeah, his career. I mean, he did okay. He did okay. Um, you know, once he moved to San Diego, he did okay there for a little bit. But yeah, his career fell off really quick. There was a lot of promise for him. Wow. They expected him to take over the Bruce Smith role. And um, okay, he just—I don't know what happened. He just kind of fell off. Um, but I, he's still an announcer for ESPN or something, I think. Is he really? I think so. Yeah, he's—he okay. definitely does something in broadcasting, and I think I've seen him on ESPN. So nice. Okay. All right. So my yeah. last top five for you. And all right, I think I think the top three are are pretty easy again. Uh, but okay. the next two kind of kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop, so that's why again <laughs> I picked this list here. So the top right. five leaders in re- the top five leaders in receiving yards for the Steelers. Oh, all, all right, top five. Well, you got your Lynn Swan, John Stallworth. Nope. No. Lynn. No, Lynn Swan is not on here. Oh my God, John Stallworth though, right? He is. Yep, he's number three. Okay. You got Heinz Ward. Number one. Yeah, he's my favorite all-time Steeler, by the way. Yeah, I, I think um, a lot. Him and Paula Malu and Rod Woodson. And, yeah. Heck yeah, yeah. Um, so Heinz Ward, Stallworth, um, uh, Antonio Brown. He's number two. So, so who are your yeah. last two? Uh, you know and what? I, and I will go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess because one of my favorite receivers as a child was Louis Lip. You're gonna say him. You got it. As soon as you said <laughs> a child, I knew where you were going. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right. So Louis Lip. Now I need five. number five. Number five. No, was number five. You need you need number four. Number four. Okay. Are we looking same era? Uh, pretty recent era. Era, I'm sorry. Pretty recent era, actually. Oh, um, Yancey Thigpen. It is not. That's a good. That's a good guess. I'll let you get okay. one more guess, and then I'll give you a clue. All right. Um, let me think here. Dude. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, the, it's not the guy who shot himself in the leg, is it? <laughs> Plaxico? No. No. Oh, it's not Plex. All right. Go no, ahead. Give it, me that clue. It, this is not a wide receiver. Oh. Um, hmm. Okay. All right. So I'm trying to think of uh oh, it would be Cordell Stewart? No. No. Um how about Amos Zeroway? I'll, I'll specify. Tight end. Oh, uh Eric Green? Nope. Recent Mark era. Bruner? Recent era. Okay. Oh, uh, Heath. There you go. Heath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Heath Miller is. Heath Miller, yeah. In receiving yards. Yeah. All right. Oh, wow. I was surprised I was surprised you got Louie Lips, but then not really, because then once you said as a child, I'm like, you know what? He he was probably one of the best players they had when they were in the, the uh, 80s there. So. Bobby That's, Brister yeah. to Louie Lips. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh Brooks yeah, he was um, a little bit older than us as a kid growing up, and he was a big Steeler fan. And yeah, he same thing. He loved Louis Lips. Yep. Oh yeah, um, Louis Lips. By the way, um, he wore number eighty three, just like Keith Miller. 
and yep. um and uh that was my first ever jersey as a child was uh, a Louis Lips Steelers jersey yep that's that's awesome Louis Lips yeah yeah he was he was all a right. fun player to watch all right uh that's what do you got for me well since you're getting all the other ones you're probably going to get this as well but what Buffalo Bill was also a member of a world record sprint relay team? Oh, um, TJ Graham. No, no. Is, that Mar- is, that Marquise, is it Marquise? Is it Marquise Goodwin? No. Oh my gosh! I can't okay. believe I stumped you on this one. Yeah, you did. Well, you did, and you'll, it'll probably ring a bell once you say it, but I don't know. Okay, well, you know what? Um, I think if I would have read the question in its entirety, but I knew that if I did, I think it would give you a better clue. So I'm going to read the question in its entirety. Which former okay. Buffalo running back was also a member of a world record sprint relay team while going to the University of Southern California? Well, that would have had to been OJ. Exactly. O.J. Simpson, yeah. uh, 67, 68. He was a Heisman Trophy award-winning running back, but also ran track, and uh, and he was part of a world record-breaking sprint relay team. So imagine that. So, so T.J. Graham, uh, the reason that name came to my head first is because he he had world-class speed as well. Oh yeah. And I could I I could have swore, I could have swore he was. Um, on a relay team, but maybe it wasn't in the Olympics. It might have just been college or something well, like that. And you know what? Maybe and it then, was. And then Marquise Goodwin, um, he – I think he was in the long jump, I think. Okay. But he, he did try out for the Olympics. Um, let's see. It would have been – what year would have that been? I think it would have been 2016. Would have that been the last Summer Olympics? Well, the Summer Olympics was scheduled for this year, so yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, he tried out for um, for the long jump. I'm pretty sure it was long jump. I'm trying to look it up okay. as we go here. Yeah, he went to Texas. Um, Goodwin is a two-time NCAA champion in long jump and a four-time All-American in track and field. Um, he's a Longhorn all-time indoor record holder in the long jump and was a runner-up for the 2012 NCAA indoor long jump title. Um yeah, his 2011 his personal best was 27 feet four inches. Hmm. So, oh wow! Yeah, so that's and I, and I know and I don't. I mean, if you watch football, you know a little bit about Goodwin too. Like, obviously, yeah. he's not the most polished receiver, but the guy is fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, you still got to catch him. And uh, and you know what though? I've seen some of the best receivers. I mean, geez. You don't have to go any further than Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice wasn't the fastest receiver. That but, is correct. Uh, but he sure knew how to run his routes. And I think, um, you know, if you can run your routes and, you know, another guy kind of, you know, this is a guy I used to watch often because I'm a Pitt fan, but um, Larry Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's not the fastest guy either. But, man, as long as you can run your routes, you can get open, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then just catch. <laughs> Run your routes and learn how to catch, and you'll be fine. So here, I was a little bit wrong with my information on Goodwin. Um, he made the 2012 United States Olympic team in the long jump with a career best of 27 feet, 4 inches, um, a jump that would have been good enough to win the gold at the Olympics. 
Uh, oh. Yeah. And then in 2012, um, he qualified for the finals in his first jump, but he failed to match that performance in the finals and finished in 10th place. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was why those two names, because they were the most recent. And I know, I don't know why TJ Graham, I know I heard something about TJ Graham doing something with Relay. I know I did. Yeah. Um, so that's why that came to my head. But yeah, I, I didn't realize that OJ um, had the track background, honestly. I mean, I should have, I should have known that because that was, he was known for his speed. And I read a book on OJ, you know, as a kid, when I was a kid, yeah. before all of his uh, controversy came out. And he actually grew up with some sort of a, a leg deformity or something. And he had to wear braces as a kid on his legs. And uh, really? And yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my let me gosh. see if I can pull that up real quick before we get into it. But um, um, yeah, it's probably not going to tell me. No, it doesn't tell me. Good old Wikipedia doesn't go into it in detail. But yeah, I, I remember reading that as a kid and I thought that was really interesting. Um, interesting, yeah. So. I'll see if I can't find out a little bit more information about that, and we can touch on that on a later episode. I'm sure it'll come up in another trivia at some point. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. So that'll do it for today's trivia. Yes, it will. And uh, so yeah, that'll me do with it the for... one that probably would have been the most obvious, right? <laughs> I, you know what? And that's kind of why I saved that one for last. I'm thinking, you know what? You know, maybe I maybe I was too rough on them. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll just save I'll save an OJ answer for the last one. You know, and then here it is. That's the one you get, didn't get a shot. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, but so, that that definitely concludes another uh, week here. Uh, with stay tuned, and uh, this is actually our first uh, two-parter. So, hopefully, you folks will uh, learn a lot from our interview because I know we have. And yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing people's responses and, you know, not only with uh, this interview, but also, you know, with uh, Paul Miller, your uncle, you know, I think a mm-hmm. lot of people haven't gotten to listen to that one yet. And uh, man, if you don't, you know, you really should take the time to, to hear these guys because, uh, you know, too many times we focus on what the stars and the famous folks are doing, whether they're athletes or movie stars or TV stars, whatever it is but we don't necessarily take the time to focus on the folks that have allowed us to have the freedoms that we have uh, today. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think, uh, I think these last two interviews that we've done are perfect examples of people who put everybody else's lives ahead of theirs. And, um, you know, that's a rarity in today's day and age. It is, yeah. and it's not like they it, tried it, but it's a perfect segue going into Fourth uh, of July weekend. So that's pretty. It cool. sure is. It sure is. That's right. Yeah, I guess uh, this Saturday coming up is Fourth uh, of July. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely uh, take the time to listen to these folks. And you know what? That's a good idea, Troy, because I think that's I'm going to promote that this week. You know, listen. You know, take the time out and listen to some some military heroes instead of listening to what the famous athletes and stars are trying to tell you to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it, you know, we wouldn't be where we are, you know, with, without them fighting for our freedoms the way they have. And, um, yep. you know, it's, I, I just hope that, uh, you know, a lot of people joke about the generation coming up being soft and whatever, but mm-hmm. I, I know that's not how everybody is. And, and, you know, I certainly yeah. hope that we have people that, you know, are passionate about their country, you know, the way these two gentlemen were, and that we still have yep. people that are willing to go and fight for the freedoms and to keep our country the greatest country in the world. 
Exactly. And, and you know what, you kind of make a point there because a lot of people, yeah, there, there's a lot of people that are like seeing a lot of folks and, and assuming they're soft and whatnot, but we're living in a day and age where really every single person has a voice, you know, because mm -hmm. of social media, you know, and everybody feels like their voice is the, the, uh, the right voice. And sometimes people tend to, um, kind of throw out there that, you know, Hey, this is, this is all about me and, and what I say goes and, you know, and it's like, and then people sometimes will take them to their word and it's like, no, <laughs> this is, this is a forum for your voice, but that doesn't make every voice correct. And yeah, uh, you know, yeah, be, be willing, be willing to listen to other people's viewpoints and, yeah. you know, take it, take it into consideration. But even if you disagree, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean that there has to be some sort of conflict. We can all have our own viewpoints and we can yeah. all live in a world where we have different beliefs. Um, it's, you know, just treat each other with respect. That's what it boils down to, you know? Yeah. Yep. So true. So true. So, but yeah, so it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to uh, interview folks like Andy and, and your uncle Paul and, uh, and, I think people will learn a lot from them. And yeah, I like the idea that, you know, everybody has a voice. That's great. But also everybody's got to realize that other people have voices too. And, and just because you have an opinion doesn't make yours the only opinion. And who knows, right. maybe your opinion's correct, but it is correct in your mind, but somebody else is going to have a different opinion that's correct in their mind. And you can either agree right. to disagree or you can just, accept it as such and uh and who knows maybe what they say will ring a point to you and be like yeah you know what i can kind of see what you're saying you know um i think yeah. we, we've steered away from that a lot yeah i agree i agree so, so um yeah please listen yeah. to our interviews and please leave us some sort of feedback on on one of our social media platforms you know whether it's facebook mm -hmm. twitter even if you email us even if you leave a voicemail call in and let us know whatever uh, even if you leave a review on one of the podcast forums, just let us know yeah. somehow that you heard the interview and uh, what you thought of it. And, you know, if, if it maybe gave you a little bit different of a perspective and, uh, you know, how things are done in the military or just some of the stories that you might hear from them. And, you know, it, it might hit a place in your heart because I've specifically heard two over our last two interviews that hit me in, in a place that I wasn't mm -hmm. expecting. So. Yeah, most definitely. So, uh, but yeah. So, uh, with that being said, Troy, happy birthday, and I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad to hear that it was a, a successful one. You know, especially since you got some uh, merchandise. <laughs> yeah, from, I, be, I beat you from, to it. Uh, I didn't even try it. I know, I know, not fair. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, happy birthday to you, and uh, and uh, and I guess uh, this Saturday is going to be happy birthday to to Lebanon County here in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, we're going to be celebrating 4th of July and uh, Pennsylvania's newfound freedom uh, in, yeah. in regards to county uh, county COVID numbers. So, uh, so yeah, happy birthday just, there as well. Let's and, just hope uh, they stay, you know, in the decline and that uh, things go as, as good as possible because mm -hmm. um, I know these businesses are hurting. And, uh, yes, they are. You know, we, we need to get out and support them. So be safe. You know, do, you know, whether you believe, you know, this is a political gain or whatever your beliefs are, doesn't really matter. 
the important thing is is that we're going out to support these businesses but being safe while doing it so if that means that we have to social distance we have to social distance yep whatever it is um but just please somehow some way support these businesses because i couldn't imagine you know as i was driving in the car with my wife last night i was just like i just could not imagine if all these businesses had to to shut down that we're just so used to having it would be incredible mm-hmm. because the, you know, the mom and pops, they're the ones that are going to hurt. The, the big chains, they'll still be around. But is, mm-hmm. is that really the only option you want, you know? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a quick answer, no. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, you're you're so right. So, all right. Well, you know what? Why don't we close out this week, Troy, and uh, and we'll do what we always do, and we'll close it out with, uh, with uh, you just kind of uh, talking up uh, – what we got going on and uh, what forms you can listen to our uh, podcast on. All right. Until then, you know, stay tuned. Thank you for listening to another episode. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at stay tuned TNH, email us stay tuned TNH at gmail.com. And uh, whichever podcast Avenue you're listening to us on Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And until next week, stay tuned.